I'm Tim Kittrow, and you're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. (laughs) You can stop worrying. Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Jack Kavanaugh. Raheem Mostair, as I would like to call him. And Jason Draven. Nah, man. Just let's watch some football. Boom shakalaka. Welcome back, everybody, to the Important Nonsense Podcast. Coming back at you, as always, is Mr. Neil Smith. And, uh... Joined as always by Mr. Steve Bonham. Howdy, howdy. 32 teams in 32 days, Steve. We're back. It is the 31st of July as we sit down to pick this series back up. And we are going to be breaking down a smattering of teams here again for you, kicking it off with the Chicago Bears. As always, just a couple notes. This is based on 12 team PPR. We'll be referencing the Fantasy Pros ECR. We'll also be referencing our own projections and rankings that you can find at importantnonsense.com. Also, check out importantnonsense.com slash Patreon. Help us keep the lights on around here. But <clears throat> longtime fans of the show, because I, I think this is four or five years now. And believe it or not, we do have a couple four, longer fans. I think. Or wait. Believe it or not, we. Five. This is year five. Well, five. This is five. So, uh, believe it or not, we do have a couple long-term fans of the show. Not just my mom <laughs> at this point. And uh, we, uh, we normally, when we get to this portion of, the, of this process, talking about the Chicago Bears, long-term fans will know Steve and I are both born and bred in Chicago, lifelong Bears fans. And this show is usually kind of a funeral dirge of just sadness. It's not like one of those happy New Orleans funerals. It's like sad in the beginning and happy at the way back. No, nah, it's just sad the whole way through. But this year, a little bit different, a little bit different. And let's kick it off how we normally do. Let's just get right into quarterback. Oh, I thought you were going to say defense. Never mind. Okay. Yep. Oh, right. Fair, fair. That would be historically accurate for the Bears. But let's talk about the huge quarterback news that everybody wants to get into. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton coming over. Firebeard Dalton. That's right. The beige water pistol himself. Uh so Andy, Andy Dalton comes over to Chicago in the off season and you and I are already in full bears hypochondriac <laughs> mode. Like, Oh no, this cannot be, a, this cannot be what yeah. we're doing, especially after the performance he turned in last season in Dallas. But then I'll let you talk about it, Steve, because it was tears in your eyes. Draft day comes around. Well, first of all, that's, let's get this out of the way because this is one of the things I brought up when they signed Andy Dalton. Think about how bad Andy Dalton is and what a low bar that that is. And just you don't have to go too far back. You can just look at Dallas. Exactly. Just think about how bad Andy Dalton is as a player. And you're like, oh, that's a horrible quarterback. If you take Andy Dalton and compare him to most career passing yards for all quarterbacks that have played at least one season with the Chicago Bears. Like through their entire career, at least one of the years they played was with the Bears. Andy Dalton, without even taking a snap, is already second all time behind Jay Cutler. And he's only 2,000 career yards behind Jay Cutler. So he is almost the most decorated quarterback in the history of the Chicago Bears. How pathetic of a franchise Ugh. Ugh. Well, you referenced the defense, Steve. My God. And that, that, does, that does explain a lot of the history. <laughs> Jay Cutler, Andy Dalton, Chris Chandler, 
George Blanda, oh. Jim Harbaugh, Brian Greasy. It is terrible. You immediately start. You immediately start going back to the 1950s yeah. and 60s so I know. fast. That is so sad. Uh, it's just so. It's sad. pathetic. It's so is sad. what it is. But they do exactly what they needed to. They traded up. We talked about Carolina a couple episodes ago, or actually last episode. We were talking about Carolina, and oh, they had to go out and get Sam Darnold because there's no way a decent quarterback falls to them at eight. So the Bears move up to 12, and they get Justin Fields, who was arguably the number one, certainly the number two quarterback prospect on the board. And, uh, I mean, uh, amazing that he fell that far. Great job by Ryan Pace in the front office to finally do something right. How often have we said that? Uh, Very rarely, if ever. And yeah, they were able to move up. uh, What was it like eight picks or something? They moved up. They didn't. They they spent just about the same. They moved up one pick to get Trubisky. Uh, It's a great, great deal. Well, you know, people get better at their jobs sometimes. The more (laughs) you do the job. And so, you know, they they get their eye in there a little bit with the horrible Mitchell Trubisky disaster that that turned into. So Mitchell Trubisky, obviously we didn't even mention, but officially no longer in Chicago. We mentioned that we mentioned that last week at some point, he's now where he belongs backing up Josh Allen in Buffalo. And I right now you've got sort of a quarterback controversy. Like they still have Matt Nagy. You're still going to be running roughly the same offense. They still have Nick Foles for now, as of this recording, he is the third quarterback on the roster and very likely will be traded for something like a, a new hot dog vendor, something he will not be on someone, this roster. someone who has the available. It, the problem with that is that Nick Foles is very expensive yeah. for what you're actually going to likely get out of Nick Foles, but they are actively trying to trade him. It is unlikely in my mind that he will open the season still up. There. Correct. So I think right now, the way that I have it split, um, and that that is the thing is how do you split this up? Who gets what? And I've got it as about 13 games of Justin Fields. Really, it's like 12 and a half of Justin Fields, which would give you about four and a half of Andy Dalton for the start of the season. And then all and then then he gets the hook once he starts to do Andy Dalton things. And it's Justin Fields' time. How long do you what think Steve Fields last or uh, Dalton lasts before they transition? Well, what Steve means by Andy Dalton things is throwing lots and lots of interceptions. Mm. That's 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 usually Just what that generally looking to. like a terrible quarterback. Yeah. And I've got it. I've got it at four games. I think you get four full games of Andy Dalton, yeah. and the Bears are one and three or zero oh and four. And and then he gets the hook because the pressure from the fan base will be such. And we see this all the time. The fan base will be up in arms about not having Justin Fields out there because you're not going anywhere with Andy Dalton. So eventually their hand will be forced. I think it takes about four games of poor performance. Then Justin Fields gets out there and uh, we get to see we get to see the next. Hopefully we've got to believe, I hope, Mm -hmm. right, in in a belief way that the best quarterback that the Chicago Bears have ever had, Justin Fields. I will say this, I referenced the fan base. He, Justin Fields, is number one in jersey sales in the NFL right Mm -hmm. now. It's been that way for months because everyone in Chicago immediately had to go buy two. You got to get a home jersey and an away jersey. Like it's, the the hype train is getting out of control. 
So for for my for my money, I think you and I see this largely the same way. Because how could you? I think most people who follow the NFL would likely see it that way. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I don't think yeah. that's a hot take that and, Andy Dalton is bad. And I understand too that it was a different uh, coaching staff at that point. It was Jeff Fox still, but the most recent history we have here is Mitchell Trubisky uh, being drafted with the number two overall pick in 2017. Remember that off season, they signed uh, Mike Glennon, the giraffe man to come in and, and be the starting quarterback. And they were trying to sell us that that was it, that that was, he was going to be the guy just like they were selling us Andy Dalton. And then they went out and made a trade up and a splash move by getting Trubisky and Glennon was the starting quarterback for four games and the bears went one and three in those first four games. And then it was Trubisky the rest of the way. And I think we're both seeing that playing out again here. They, it's the same. You, you, weirdly enough, it's the same people making the decisions. Yeah, that's so what I'm saying it's, it's a different coaching staff, but it's still the same front office that they're doing the exact yep. same thing. Oh, it's Andy Dalton. He's our QB one. We feel really great about him. And then you trade up and get fields to replace Andy Dalton immediately. You keep telling everybody there's no competition. It's definitely Dalton's job. And then he plays four games and you sit him down. I feel like we're in the same boat. It's just going to be deja vu. Yeah, I I think you and I see this very much the same way. And then let's just so let's just move on from talking about Andy Dalton, because, you know, it's not really going to matter too much for fantasy purposes. Right. Like you'd have to be in an insanely deep league to be considering starting. Andy Dalton. So he himself has no yeah, value. Andy Dalton, I would not consider at all in any format. Justin Fields is a hot commodity in super flex. I think he also does make, yes. a, make a certain amount of sense in redraft because when you're talking about his value, just in general, you have to look at other guys who are mobile quarterbacks. Like we have him projected here on the website for just under 90 rush attempts in those 12 games starting with uh, almost 400 yards rushing and five rushing touchdowns. He's that Konami code. Once again, like if you're going on since this would be, let's see across five games, just doing some rough math quickly, you would be looking at about 21 points per game um, in the games that he starts, which is easily top 15. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting and once he does get in there. I want to be I want to be clear though. Justin Fields is not Jalen Hurts, nor is he Lamar right. Jackson in terms of like the rushing floor. Right. Like I just want to be very clear with people. Go check the projections if you or or check the rankings because yes, he is mobile and he will move and he will run, but he's not going to be out there carrying you with his legs. He is he is more of a sprint to the outside. Uh, get out into the into space and then throw it downfield type of quarterback, a la Justin Herbert, more than he is a pull it down, take off because I'm so elite athletic with my legs that I'm going to take it to the house and and run the offense like that. He can do that, similar to Justin Herbert, but he's not looking to do that. That's the evaluation that I have on him coming into the yeah. league. But realistically, you're talking about because he's going to miss those four games. It does put a cap on that, so. I don't think you could really invest in redraft in Justin in uh, Justin Fields more than about what quarterback twenty five ish twenty seven. Like he's got some upside on there at that at that price point, but I don't. Well, think it depends on what you do. Roster. Like our philosophy is always wait on quarterback. So if you wait on quarterback and you get somebody in like the tenth round, I'm fine taking Justin Fields in the thirteenth round. 
as like your backup. You get those two guys, and then hopefully by the time he's giving you decent numbers, then uh, you can supplant whatever warm body you grabbed in the middle of the pack there at QB. You know, like say you wait and you take someone like a like a Matt Ryan or a well, Kirk Cousins, and that's your starter, Derek maybe Carr. Get, maybe get Trevor. Trevor Lawrence and you just go all youth. You just, eh, I'm I'm more skeptical on that, but I would say you get like a veteran who doesn't have a high ceiling, but has a decent floor. Who's going to carry your team for a little while. And then you get fields on the back end to be that ceiling. And we'll get there with Lawrence guess, and Trey Lance and those guys. I think a better one probably would have been Joe Burrow that I could have picked off that list. You could get yeah. Joe Burrow there roughly, roughly in that area and then get Justin Fields. But personally, I have Justin Fields ranked at the 23rd quarterback spot. So our projections would tell you 27, but I, so I'm a little bit more bullish than, uh, than the Yeah, same. And again, our projections on the website are for the entire season as a whole. So you're, you're taking his 12 games, comparing it to most guys, 16, and that's how he falls into the, the 27 range. Um, I myself have Justin Fields at 19 in my rankings and in the ECR, he is currently 23. So pretty much in line with you. So I'm a little bit higher than most, but again, he's giving you that potential ceiling compared to or pairing him with someone with a great floor, I think is going to be good. Well, yeah, because other guys in that range are like Ben Roethlisberger, Derek mm-hmm. Carr, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Daniel Jones for some outlets and things like that. So you're not, you're not really excited about any of that. You know yep. what I mean? But with, at least with Justin Fields, you, you get the rushing floor and you get the, that, that spark of the unknown. Yep. We've never seen it. So who knows? But that's, I think we've covered the quarterback, the, the history and the changes here. So uh, let's move on to how, how we've been doing it. Let's just move into the thing that matters most, right? So we'll go ahead and let's just, we'll just do this quickly. Allen Robinson. Yeah. We love Allen Robinson. There's not much analysis here, folks. Allen Robinson will be playing with, even with Andy Dalton, Allen Robinson is still playing with probably the best quarterback he's ever played with in his career, which is a whole other sad saga that's not even related to the sad saga. Well, tangentially related to the sad saga. We just outlined with Bears quarterback mm-hmm. there a moment yeah. ago. Um, so I'm not worried about Allen Robinson. I've got him firmly in that second tier of wide receivers that we've referenced several times along this, uh, this prep series, and you can't really go wrong with it. He's going to be a monster. And even when Justin Fields gets in, guess what? He'll still be playing with the best quarterback that he's ever played with. It only gets better. So for me, Allen Robinson is my wide receiver eight. And if I can get him in that neighborhood, I absolutely love it. He is a wide receiver one for your team. Yeah, Robinson's my wide receiver five. But he, like I said, we, I've mentioned this a couple of times already. That tier two for me is just a massive bunch of guys that finishes out wide same receiver with one. So um, same with yeah, me. The, you can take whichever one you want, pick your poison. But that poison for me is going to be Allen Robinson more often than not. He's number five in my rankings. He's number six in our projections in PPR at wide receiver. Over 150 targets projected. He should have a monster year. And more importantly, he's num- he's wide receiver 10 in the ECR and wide receiver 11 in ADP at the back end of the third round. So if Allen Robinson is your guy, you can have as many shares of him as you want, and I am A-OK with that. Yeah, so there you go. Nice and simple. Go ahead and you can feel free to build your team around Allen Robinson as your wide receiver mm-hmm. one if that's where you end up. 
And let's just cover the rest of the room here. So Anthony Miller last week, as we were recording, was actually traded to the Houston Texans, which we will cover next week. But Anthony Miller, no longer a bear. And uh, we would like to thank Anthony Miller for his service and hope that he has all the success down in Houston. So as far as guys who are still here, we really should just probably start with Darnell Mooney because that's the only other one that really matters. <laughs> not to yeah. be, not to disrespect the rest of the squad, but that for fantasy purposes, Darnell Mooney is the who is in my mind the biggest beneficiary of this Allen, this Anthony Miller trade down to uh, down to Houston. So, so it's really um, interesting what happened here. So, coming into this season, the expectation was Allen Robinson is your for sure X. Darnell Mooney is your Z, no question about it. Those are your guys. Uh, and then you've got Anthony Miller in the slot, but they also have Riley Ridley, who they've been trying out for a couple of years, Calvin's younger brother that isn't playing as well. You've got failed Olympian Marquise Goodwin, who they signed in the offseason, who's this potential Aww. speed guy on the outside. I like Marquise Goodwin. That was he's mean. not bad. He just he's failed not, to make the Olympics. It's a fact. It's a fact well, about Marquise he's kinda, Goodwin. I know, but he's failed to make the Olympics a lot, and I kind of feel bad for him because he keeps trying, and he always gets close, <laughs> but he just never quite make quite makes it. I don't think he's made it in a no, long time. But and he's not the world's greatest football player, but we've seen him have limited success right. when he can actually stay healthy out there. He's very very fast. And then we saw Demir Bird, who's now. bounced around the league a couple of years and had a decent season last year with the Patriots. Signed a one year deal with the Bears this off season. Daz Newsome they drafted in the late sixth round. So just a name to know, but not someone I'm really concerned about. Javon Wims, and then they just signed Justin Hardy for more depth in that wide receiver room. Like Neil mentioned, Darnell Mooney's the guy. He was always going to be the number two. But what's real interesting to me here is it's for sure Mooney is the two, but he's going to be the locked-in Z. And after they made the Anthony Miller move, they said they were able to do that not because of anything that had been happening in the slot, but because they feel like Allen Robinson plays so well from the slot that they're just going to bounce him around a bunch. So what we've seen so far through Bears training camp is Darnell Mooney is locked in as your Z receiver no matter what. He is always lining up on that right side, whether it's a two or three wide receiver set. In a three receiver set, they shift Allen Robinson into the slot and they have been rotating in Demir Bird and Marquise Goodwin on the outside, depending on whoever they want to run down the field with their hand up. That's kind of what they're doing on the outside when Robinson moves into the slot. So really what I've done now is with Anthony Miller leaving, Allen Robinson's ridiculous targets have basically stayed the same. Darnell Mooney has guaranteed him slot himself a slot on the team on the right side, no matter what. So he has a locked-in role. The new projection has him at 117 targets, which is, whew, that is a lot. But it's a lot of targets. He, he has shown a lot of flashes. And if you watch the tape on Darnell Mooney, how many times have we seen him make two or three cuts, get wide open, and then get overthrown by Mitchell Trubisky or get underthrown or it's thrown to the defender and intercepted? Like he... It's not even like he can't get open and make a play. It's that he's never been given the opportunity. So Mooney could be in for a big breakout season. He's at wide receiver 38 
in our projections. I don't think I've actually updated my rankings recently on that, but I do believe I have him as a top 40 guy right now. Yeah. So I've got him at top 40 and then it, it's going to be interesting to see how like the public and everybody adjusts on Darnell Mooney. Um, right now he's 51 in ADP and I, this is all recent data. So you've had a full week now for this trade news and still he's on the back end and he's 52 in the ECR as well. So people are still sleeping on Darnell Mooney. He's another guy that you can have shares of if you want it. And I do. And everybody else, I think, just cannibalizes each other. Like Ridley and Wims are bodies on the team that may not even make it. Newsom is a guy that it is a six-round pick. They're not heavily invested in. Justin Hardy, I think they brought in just as a camp body. I don't think he actually makes the team in the end. So, yeah, they've got depth, but they're going to rotate enough guys that you don't want anybody other than Robinson or Mooney. I see that the same way. I have I after the trade, I moved Darnell Mooney up. I've got him at wide receiver thirty nine, so I'm right in yeah. line with with projection. And you can feel good about it, and you can actually still get him at a value unless you're drafting in a league where you have Bears fans in your league where you will not be getting any kind of value. Those folks will likely overpay in the room on the day. But I agree with you. There's nothing else that really is interesting that's going to be consistent enough to actually really matter for fantasy purposes. So there'll be guys that have big, big weeks at some point. I'm sure Marquise Goodwin will catch some sort of 70 yard touchdown like, and people will talk about it. But there's nothing on that team for right now that that you can really invest in. So really, you're only looking at the two wide receivers. And beyond that. There's not too much else really to get excited about as far as, you know, actual wide receivers. If we can talk about other pass catchers for a moment. Um, if to your point, if some of those guys are going to make the team, Steve, in that wide receiver room, some of them are going to have to play special yep. teams when not all of them are special teamers. So we'll, we'll see what happens with any of that. Not too, not that it matters too much, but we can talk about tight end for a moment. If we're going to expand it out to pass catchers. So we still have, uh, Jimmy Graham still with the team. We had a bunch of interesting conversation about Jimmy Graham in the off season about his red zone utilization rate. He was their red zone target and he is still with the team. Yeah. So there is there is not too much to get excited about despite that. But I think the real conversations around Cole Komet coming into his second mm. year, a lot of people are, are, are thinking he's going to take that next step and surplant Jimmy Graham. So do you do you have do you get excited about Cole Komet, Jimmy Graham just to? Just to round it out, they you did we as we know they utilized the tight right. end in the Bears' offense, and they did sign Jesse so, James to be their blocking back as well. So, um, sure, he'll have some goal line work, but that's about it. But yeah, Graham is a guy that at this point in his career, I'm not interested in. Same thing with Jesse James. Cole Komet has the upside though; he could be an every down tight end. He's a good pass catcher. He's potentially the best player other than. Allen Robinson that they have on in the slot, similar to what we talked about with Atlanta. Like you could very easily move him off of the line and just have him go over the middle and abuse linebackers. Um, he is still raw. He is still learning, but yeah, right now I've got him projected like in the high twenties. Um, and we've talked about over and over again, tight end is a, is a dice roll. It's a dart throw. So high end twenties, Definitely in a two tight end league, you want Cole Komet. I'm good getting him in tight end premium. I believe I have him on my Scott Fishbowl team. Um, yeah, it's just, he's a guy that's gotten a lot of hype, but I don't think I'm going to like, I'm not going to overreach 
I guess is what I'm trying to say on. That's the point that I wanted to get to here because, because we have Cole Komet as a site on our projection at tight end 24. And I, I think that's about right when all is said and done, because Jimmy Graham is still there and he's going to siphon off some of that value. I've got Cole Komet at 21 because when you're that low at tight end, give me, give me something that has the potential for upside. Cause other guys in that range, you know, you're not, you kind of know what you're getting. So if, if I can, if I can get something that, you know, might pop, I'll take it. Cause you're not going to have a huge investment in him. Jimmy Graham's not really worth rostering. He's mostly just to, there to vulture and that's really it. So we've officially arrived at maybe three usable players in Chicago at this point, about four. And then we can talk about the final, the final thing that we need to discuss though, is the bears running back. Yep. That's, that's where we have like a, a, an interesting area for conversation here. So David Montgomery still with the team coming off that very, very impressive second half of the season in 2020, where, you know, they finally, <laughs> they finally figured it out. Feed David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. You and I have been yelling that at our TVs for what feels like what, two right. years now. And, uh, he, they finally, they finally had no choice, but to do it. And, you know, he, he did miss a little time with an injury in there. But when he was on the field, he was electric and he carried that team yeah. with, yeah, just the ramshackle offense they had down the stretch last year. He was a huge point center for folks. He won some people some fantasy championships. He, he carried some people to the fantasy playoffs. And so the question becomes, you know, he did that with Tariq Cohen being mm-hmm. hurt, right? There was nobody yeah. there. And Tariq Cohen is still there with the team. He will once again be the backup kind of, well, not so much backup, but one a one B type running back when he's available to do so. They also very quietly picked up Damian Williams uh, in the background. Damian Williams misses uh, the 2020 season because of COVID concerns. Uh, He ends up that that is the end of his time in Kansas city, but we're only a couple years removed of Damian Williams lighting up the super bowl. And the bears were able to get him for virtually nothing on the open market. So he is now with the team as well. So it, it, how bullish are you on David Montgomery, given given that information, right? That Tariq Cohen is coming back and that Damian Williams is now also still there. So it's very interesting because he's kind of one of the guys I've flipped on. Originally, I came into the season believing David Montgomery would be one of the guys hyped to oblivion that we would be talking about as a bust or potential bust, at least, who was being drastically overvalued, Right. Um, last year, David Montgomery was the only running back, not even Derrick Henry, the only running back in the league to have over 700 snaps played. It was him and a bunch of wide receivers. So David Montgomery was never not on the field. And it's because of what you mentioned after Tariq Cohen got hurt. Literally the only other running back they had was Corderell Patterson. Who's not a running back. So they kind of were forced to just constantly play David Montgomery. When you have that dramatic of a workload, it does concern me the following year for injury potential just to be overworked. I really thought coming into this, Tariq Cohen was going to cut into David Montgomery's production, especially in the passing game, because that's what he does. I mean, he, he gets all the passing game work for them, so... I thought that would be a real concern. And we saw up until Tariq Cohen's injury when he tore his ACL last year that it was a 50-50 split. Even in the couple of games they played last season, the snap percentage was a 50-50 split between the two of them. So now they signed Damian Williams, like you said, to bring in depth. They also 
uh, drafted Khalil Herbert in the seventh round. So the Bears have brought in a couple more bodies to fill out that room, and they're getting Tariq Cohen back. Initially, at the beginning of this whole offseason, I had David Montgomery right around 19 or 20 in my running back rankings, and I thought that I was going to be way low compared to everyone else. And like I said, we'd be talking about him as somebody overhyped and a bust. Right now, he's going as RB17 in ADP, which is kind of surprising to me that it's kind of in line with what we were talking about. And David Montgomery is actually RB19 in the ECR. So the ADP is even ahead of the expert consensus, yet now we're hearing all of this about Tariq Cohen struggling to come back, and he's having issues recovering from the ACL injury last year. And there's a strong possibility he starts the year on the pup and misses at least the first six to eight weeks of the season. So if you're not going to have Tariq Cohen, even with Damian Williams there, David Montgomery is going to command a workload strong enough to be a potential top 12 back, certainly top 15. I feel like he's actually one of the steals in drafts right now. It's funny you bring that up because when we sat down in the preseason yeah. to figure all this out, like in, in May, I opened the year with David Montgomery at RB23. Right. And then given all this news about Tariq Cohen possibly landing on the pup, if you're telling me that it's just Damian Williams and David Montgomery back there, I moved, I moved, um, yeah, David Montgomery up to RB 16, given that information. Yep. So I'm, I'm right there. I've, I've got him at Chris Carson territory where if I can get David Montgomery as my RB two, I feel great about it because they're going to run the ball. That's, that's part of it. He's going to be out there. And Damian Williams is a great player. I'm not one of these people that's going to poo-poo Damian Williams. But the issue with Damian Williams is that can he actually get through the entire season without getting banged up? So that's that's the concern that I have. So no, wheels up on on hits on that, pup, especially yeah. if Tariq Cohen hits the uh, hits the pup list. Absolutely. So I, I'm I'm right there. Beyond that, though, I think there's not too yeah, much that for us to touch there. on. I think that's yep. the biggest elephant in the room are the Bears. Yeah. So there you go, folks. For the first time in years, the Bears actually have Not multiple show, useful right? options yeah. for fantasy football. You've got a quarterback, you've got a running back, you've got two wide receivers, spoil us, and you've got an upside tight end. So there you go. Remember, boy, it's been a long time since we've had to actually cover the Bears. It used to be, okay, who's playing running back? All right, draft that. All right, move on. So it's, uh, it's, we'll see. Happier times hopefully are ahead, though. But that's going to wrap up the Chicago Bears. Uh, coming up tomorrow, for uh, as far as the listening schedule, we'll be sitting down to discuss the Cincinnati Bengals and the multiple, multiple weapons that that <laughs> offense now has. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevier. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!